Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I want to invite everybody who is seated in the back row to please come out of the back row and come and join us here in the front or in the middle. One thing that I remember vividly as a kid growing up was the back row. And the back row is usually a place. I'm not going to say what the back row is all about, but come into the middle, in the front row. Yeah, 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 we know, we know. Um, this morning's open up our group Aliyah, our group call to come be blessed by a portion or a part that will be read ritually, a part that will be underscored and unpacked as well, a part of this morning's weekly wisdom. We're going to focus this morning on the birth of Benjamin, which can be found in Yur Chumashim on page 214. If you're with us this morning for the open book, which by the way, for all future reference, God willing, so, so you know, so when you arrive in shul, the open up is going to just be unpacking what we do at the open book. We're going to review what happens at the open book, and then we're going to add a little something. So if you can make it to the open book on Shabbat morning at 9 o'clock, um, it'll just deepen your experience of the Torah service that will come to at 11 o'clock or 11.15. So this morning, on page 214, Jacob has already reconciled with his brother. Whew, that was so much tension. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. You know. it's like, huh? And there it is. They kiss and they make up. Or in the rabbi's minds, they kiss and Esau tries to bite him by the neck. Really, there's no indication in the text at all that Esau is the character he becomes in rabbinic theology. You know, I mean, there are allusions. Seir, hairy guy, he's a hunter, not so good, but okay. Jacob and, and uh, in his ongoing... His ongoing struggles, his ongoing vicissitudes, his journey. Jacob is the journeyman, the man on the road. His life is, at least as he later says about himself, uh, when asked by Pharaoh, you know, how old are you? He says, you have no idea, I'm much older than I look. And it's been a hard life for me. It's been a hard knock life, says Jacob, right? Not, you know, my, you know, my life has been painful, right? Painful. I had to run away from my brother. Well, first of all, I was born second. But I really should have been born first. Everybody knows that. Because I'm the guy, you know, so it's not fair. Second of all, my dad liked Esau for all the wrong reasons. And I was a mama's boy. Rebecca was great. But, you know, in, in a patriarchal culture, I'm supposed to be loved by my dad, you know. And it didn't work out either. And then I had to run away because of my brother. And then I fell in love with my cousin, but then something happened there, and it was all weird, and then my uncle was not good, and it's a hard life, but by the time this morning's reading happens, he, 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 you know, he figures it out. He, he reconciles with Esau, deceives him, says, I'll come meet you, you go ahead, I'll meet you, never meets him, but he, he gets, has a vision, then of course the Dina story, which we're you know, not going to touch on this morning, but chapter 34 of the book of Genesis, horrible story, horrible what happens to Dina, horrible what happens to Jacob, horrible what happens to the brothers, horrible what happens to the people of Shechem, right? So by the time chapter 35 rolls around, you know, we're thinking, what's next? Right? What more? There's going to be a little bit more. And there's more, even, we didn't even get to Joseph yet. 
So now in this morning's reading, we're chapter 16 in the book of chapter 35. Verse 16 of chapter 35 picks up his Devorah the Meineket, the weaning nurse who only appeared namelessly back earlier in the book of Genesis when Rebecca was leaving her land, right? Devorah isn't named, but it, she's the, the wet nurse, right? She weans, uh, presumably Jacob. She's close to her. She dies, right? No sooner has he basically re- arrived, um, at Beit El and, uh, in this house of God where he had had the vision of the angels, he's come full circle and we're told that he has to bury this woman, Devorah, this amazing character, under a tree called the Tree of Weeping. And then the Torah turns after God appears to Jacob now, very importantly, and says to him, no matter what has happened, the promise is still good. The promise that I made to Abraham, Isaac, and now to you, Jacob, otherwise you wouldn't appear in any of our books with them. Like Jacob has to. It's kind of like, you know, a Kurt Vonnegut novel. He, he's got to be in there. Because he already he's in there. But God says to him, don't worry, even though you've struggled so much, I'm renewing my promise with you. A renewal of vows. And now, verse 16, Verse 16, page 214. And it was that he left Beit El, the house of God, that, spa- that place where he had originally had the vision of the angels, had come back to, he had anointed a new altar there, and he's about, he leaves. They travel together, he and his entourage. And it was a little bit of a distance from a place called Ephrata, which sounds like Ephraim a little bit. Ephraim hasn't been born yet. Ephraim is the child of, of Joseph. Ephrata. Rabbi David Silbert points that out, importantly. But Teled Rachel, and Rachel goes into labor doesn't mean that she gave birth. Rashi points that out because Vateled means to give birth, but she hasn't given birth yet. So Vateled, right, in verse 16, I guess 16b, she gives birth. No, she goes into labor. Vatikash and She has a hard labor. And it was in her hard labor, a couple of doulas in the house here, midwives and doulas. In her hard labor, her midwife says to her, Right? This is when Yisko, you would never say this. I don't think Yisko would ever say this. Says to her, Al-Tir-E, don't be afraid. Ben. Do not be afraid, for this too is for you a son. <laughs> like frying pan across the head. Like, you know, like, thanks for that. That, that doesn't really... Now, wh- why is that significant? We talked about this in open book. Why is it significant? Yeah, Clela. So in, in naming Joseph, Joseph, the name of Joseph, Professor Alan Levinson points this out very beautifully. Both children of Rachel are going to have a double name, meaning two reasons given for a name, but then the name itself stayed the same, but two reasons for the name. So the reason for Joseph's name, the first time Rachel gives birth, she says, Asaf Elohim God has taken away my shame and has given me a son. And then she promptly says, and may give me another one. Joseph's name, Yosef, means give me another one. How'd you like to be named that? <laughs> Honestly, like, talk about therapy. It's horrible. Right? I mean, not even Reuven, Shimon, Levi, none of them. Right? They don't have that. They don't get that prize distinction of, thanks for this, but can I have another one? Hi, I'd like to meet you. Nice to meet you. My name is, can I have another one? 
It's like, what? Oh my God, what a Native American name. That's horrible. So she is already fixated on what's next. So of course, that's why the midwife says to her, don't worry, you have another son, just as you always wanted. Of course, by the way, I'll, P- Professor Stevens, uh, Levinson, when he said that, said something very profound, which was, of course, Joseph's prefiguring, right? He is taken away. And the, his own name is his story, right? God took something away and then added something. Joseph will be taken away and then added back to the group. Something will happen also with Benjamin now in a moment. Benjamin too, will, there'll be something with Benjamin, right? So she has a hard labor. Verse 18. And it was with the Sait Nafsha, with the exodus of her soul. Kimeta, for she died. In other words, with her last breath. That's what it means. And it was, how did she use her last breath? That's, I think that's what it means, right? As her breath was coming out because it was her last breath, she said, let me name my son, Ben Oni, son of Oni. Right? Pain, sorrow. Not really sure. The Aviv Karalo Binyamin. But father, his father doesn't say Yaakov. And his father, Karalo Binyamin, his father called him Benjamin. That's a pretty quick reversal. So, and his father called him Ben Yamini, the son of my right hand. So, we focused in the open book on, on the burial plot of Rachel by the side of the road and exiles and how that played out in Jewish history and how we might imagine that for ourselves. In this last moment of the open up, the open up, I want to raise up this naming sequence and this moment and what it might, what might have happened here. So once anybody want to jump in, I'm going to start off with the confusion around the word oni. So as Daniel pointed out, it could mean sorrow. Right? Ben oni, the son of my sorrow, which would then be what would be the purpose of naming him that way and the text telling us he was named that way as if to say... I'm dying, right? I'm going to name him my sorrow in dying. Son of my own sorrow. My sorrow? Okay. It should be the sorrow for those who are leaving. Okay. Those who are staying. Son of your sorrow, because now I'm dying. The son of my Oni. Let's play more with Oni, and then we'll go to another meaning of it. Yeah, Suzanne. Avon meaning sin? It's a, very good. So Avon with an I in means sin, Avonot. But there's something called Aven. Aven, David, Rabbi David Silver points this out. Aven is also iniquity. Right? Avel in Aven Byakov. Right? There's the Aven means iniquity, a mistake. So he wants to read this as Ben Oni, Ben Avoni. The son of my iniquity, the son of my sin, which would take us in a different direction. Let's hold both of those. Let's work with sorrow and then we'll work with sin. How nice. Let's work with both. Who, anybody want to talk about the son of sorrow? Son of sorrow, besides the fact that she dies. Is there any other sorrow that's being alluded to here? Yeah, Eden.
own sorrow in, in leaving the scene. I won't get a chance to see the end of the story. So Ben Oni, my sorrow, right? You are the son of my sorrow, meaning um, as a testimonial, to, I didn't leave the scene because I wanted to. Almost like leaving it for Benjamin to say like, oh, my mom. Right, right. So I wanted, it, I wanted something so deeply and then I didn't live to see it come to fruition. So that's a beautiful midrash right there. Like, here's this moment where Rachel gives her son a gift instead of it being a burden, saying, you should, I want you to always know, my son, that I'm so sad that I didn't get to see you grow up. Right? So poignant. So beautiful. Anyone else want to take this Ben-Oni to another place too, another moment of sorrow? Uh, yeah, I want to hear people. Yeah, who hasn't spoken to Andrea. Right. So she sums up her life. You are the summation of my life. I spent many, many years waiting for children. And, right, I, I longed for it. I waited for it. And now the sorrow of it coming, but me not being able to, right, to have a life with you. Okay, who else wants to point out? I think it was, Stu, did you want to say something? Oh, it was along the same lines? Yeah, but a little bit different, though. Okay. We're going to come to Chesed in a second. That's great. I, I'm, I'm hesitant to, place, to take a dollar to put it into Oni because it's not there. Um, just for that reason alone. But, but, but we will come back to Chesed. We'll back to Chesed. Yeah, Jeremy. Yes, yes. Yes, that is essentially right. So that's where David Silver goes, meaning to say... I brought this upon myself, right? Some kind of victim, like in some way, I made a mistake. Or in the Midrash, really, it was Jacob who said, right? Jacob is the one who cursed his wife or whoever, you know, who was found with the, with the idols. So there's kind of like a, a Ben-Oni, Ben-Avoni, my sin in the sorrow place. Uh, sorrow and sin here. In other words, my iniquity and my sorrow are all connected to something that I did wrong, which is kind of a strong theme Right, I, I, I regret. Uh, I regret having done that. Right, I regret that now that I know this piece. So let's go in the direction of another, like avoni, like or aven, something horrible. Ha like, what does it mean? So it could be that I stole the idols, the son of my iniquity. Right, I feel badly for the way that I was jealous of my sister. We talked about that a little bit in the open book. Right, uh, we talked about a little bit of the jealousy of. Between Leah and Rachel, yeah. I have a question: Is there anyone else who has to grow up without a mother? Like, is there anyone else who doesn't have a mother? Right. So Benjamin is the only. It's a really good point. 
Benjamin is the only one in the Torah that grows up without a mother. Right? Very interesting to think of it that way. Could also be that, sh- that in some way, whoever's writing the text is saying, what will become of Benjamin? Right? What's the most important thing that Benjamin will do in Torah? Right? Benjamin's not a major player in the Torah. He becomes a major player in Tanakh later on. Right? So, if anybody knows, they may know, um, may know the story of Pilegish Bagiva. Well, it's maybe not a good time to talk about it, but the Benjamites or, or the, the tribe of Benjamin are involved in a very horrific incident in Torah and that leads to a civil war in ancient Israel. So there are some rabbis who say her, what she imagines is what's going to happen to my children in generations to come when they wind up, when there's an event that creates civil war. Let's, let's talk for a moment about the shift, though, the simple moment where Jacob now takes Ben-Oni and calls him Ben-Yamin. So what's that? What's that all about? So there's a Hasidic reading, the Kedushas Levi, in another place, the Berdichever has a reading where it says something like this. It says in Psalms, Marav Tufcha How great is your goodness, your chesed, your loving kindness that you have hidden, safanta lirecha, that you have safanta, the word safan, like the word safun in Passover on the, in the Seder. Safun is the afikomen, right? The thing that is safun is the thing that is hidden. Marav tufchao, how great is your loving kindness assured safanta, that you have safun, that you have hidden for those who, who look for you. Reecha, those who are aware of your majestic presence. And says the Kedushas Levi, the Berdichever says that the ones in the world who are looking for loving kindness, who look to find goodness in places where it is hidden, is alluding, he says, to the tribe of Benjamin, who were known to live in a part of the country known as the North, the Tzaphon. The Tzaphon, they were in the North. It says Benjamin is alluding to the secret of taking that which is dark and difficult and digging down deep to find strength, to find goodness, to find chesed. He said, how do you know that? He said, because the right hand in Kabbalah is always chesed, loving kindness, expression, mooching out. And you see what Jacob did? Jacob took pain and he turned, I take pain, I take this, you know, yamin, this right hand off my chest and turned son of pain to son of love. And he says that's the work of turning wounds to wisdom. The north is also wisdom, mitzafon. Chokhmah is coming from the place called Safon. It says the shulchan, the shulchan in, the, in the, the table, which is in the temple, was always placed in the north. Now shulchan is always in the north. He says the shulchan, the table in the temple, represents the table of this world, everything that is brought to this world, all the matter, all of the things, the bounty, the goodness, says that is always in the north. It's always the place to look for goodness and bounty and to look for yamin, the side of love. So in a very amazing way, the Hasidic Rebbe, with all of his amazing associations, you know, chesed means right hand, and right hand is in the north, and the north means hidden, all that stuff, as if to say, look for the good and try to turn wounds to wisdom. Try to turn wounds to wisdom. Right? 
So it, of course, is of course not shocking that in the story of the Torah where the ultimate wound, the ultimate wound of the brothers in the Joseph narrative where they felt left out and jealous of their brother and they sent him to slavery, the ultimate story in the Torah of how to reconcile chosenness with a family and a system, Benjamin will be the most important character. Benjamin will be the one who is taken and in whom it finally is resolved. Benjamin is the linchpin in the entire Joseph narrative. Because if it happens again to Benjamin, we know that the brothers didn't see the goodness that Joseph always was. We know that the brothers failed to learn the lesson. You'll remember the stories. Benjamin will be the one that will be taken just like Joseph is taken. The one whom his father refuses to let go because again, I don't want my Ben Yamin to become my Ben Oni, says Jacob. And Yehuda says, no, it's okay. We're going to go down to Egypt. And in the narrow place, Benjamin will be the one who undoes the whole story. Everything will be revolving around Benjamin. Jacob's moment where he turns Ben Oni to Benjamin is the way he turned Joseph as Ben Oni also into Benjamin. You go on and on here because, of course, Joseph's brother, right? The Joseph story will revolve around Jacob's hands, putting the right hand right, left. So, this simple open up, everyone, this morning is this the blessing in the words of the Berdichever to turn, right? To turn. If you look at the last part of the on the last page, the last source. Vizesh Amar, and this is the meaning. Olam Chesed Yibaneh, the world is built with Chesed. Zota Bichina Lo Nishlam Rak Bisman Shabbat Ramavinu, and until Abraham came into the world, there wasn't a true expression of Kabbalistic love. Abraham becomes the embodiment of love. And then Abraham began to. Be a chesed person, a loving kindness person. And the ikar shleimut, the, the essence of wholeness, will only come when all 12 tribes would be born. And this moment, the Benjamin moment, is when all 12 tribes are born. And that's why at this moment, Jacob says, right, that my son will be my right hand, my loving kindness hand. Right? All of the chasadim shalidez olam, right? All of this. Right, that the old temple, the sacred ancient temple, was in the territory of Benjamin. All of the goodness would come to the world through the quality of loving kindness that was transmuted from pain to possibility, from wound to wisdom, through the example of changing the name from Benoni to Benjamin. So this morning's open up is to become someone who can name what is wounded and give it a new name, call it wisdom. To take something that has the name associated with wound and to rename it as a place for wisdom. That's this morning's open up. If you like it, cool. If you don't, that's the Torah for this morning, sorry. That's what we're going to do. Please come forward for the first and group Aliyah.